0: Intellectual property can sometimes be confused and have a few misconceptions by the most average person. Now, the biggest is that it has the ability to protect everything. And while there is a very large scope of what intellectual property can protect, unfortunately, that is just not the case. When it comes to fashion design, it gets very tricky because of how new fashion design copyright intellectual property legislation is to the U.S., let alone even in Europe where major fashion capitals are. But with Brand Protection 101, we're going to be going in-depth with what can be protected. My name is Grace Zuike and this is part one of the label law's three-part series, Brand Protection 101, Copyright Law. hello 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 and welcome everybody and thank you for tuning in like always i just want to thank you guys for listening on a consistent basis and coming back every single time to get something new from the labor law <laughs> so we're just gonna dive straight into the nitty-gritty this week's obviously about copyright protection and i wanted to begin with copyright protection just because even the word copyright is something that's known by a lot of people Because of the fact that it can be used in so many different realms of careers and just the world in general. So copyright extends to different things like movies, literature, poetry, arts, just in general, the arts is really what copyrights mostly are. Covers and when you talk about fashion, we're specifically not just talking about fashion designs, we're talking about branding. So, this extends to runway shows, these are ad campaigns, these extend to so many different facets that culminate into the world of fashion design. And when we want to specifically talk about this, there are some misconceptions between the differences of copyright and trademark. And honestly, it's not like some big thing where it's like, oh, my God, you're so stupid. Like, how did you not know the difference between copyright and trademark? That is the beginning part of where people get some things confused. While copyright is more known, trademarking is really the meat of how most fashion design lawyers are able to get clients and use those specific trademark laws in order to fight in court for specific and different situations. Now I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I was just this big expert and knew the difference between copyright and trademark because Even though I did have a very good foundational understanding of the two, it was more so the real world examples that would mix me up a lot of the times. So it's like sometimes with a certain type of infringement, I would think, okay, copyright applies to this or with trademark applies to this when it could either be a culmination of them both or it could be the other way around in the way that I was getting mixed up. So specifically when we're going to talk about copyright protection, you need to define it And when you're defining copyright protection, it is giving the creator of an original work a set of exclusive rights. Now, we're going to get into these exclusive rights later on in the episode, but I want to emphasize that this is giving the creator (laughs) of that art those set of exclusive rights. And the owner has so many different rights within that protection that will guarantee that if something of theirs gets infringed on they will be protected in some way but recently the supreme court just decided on a case where they decided that even though copyright protection starts from the beginning of you having this protection as soon as your idea is created you cannot bring up any type of litigation until it is registered in the u.s copyright office Now, this is important to note because from the beginning with copyright protection as a brand, when you come out with something and you execute it, even if it's in the beginning stages of just being thought out, once it is completely executed, you have your copyright protection right there. Like as the owner, you get those exclusive rights that we're going to get into further. But now that differentiation of the only way you're able to bring up litigation, though, is if you're registered in the U.S. Copyright Office. It becomes a little tricky just because there are some good and negative aspects of that marker right there. So a really good aspect is the fact that it takes away some of the redundant and kind of petty copyrights that could be made. For example, a t-shirt. There was someone in this world who was the first person to ever create a short sleeve T-shirt, whether it was blank or it had something on it. One person was definitely the person who made that or even a group of people were the people who made that. Now, imagine if they went and copyrighted the short sleeve T-shirt. That would now mean that every single T-shirt that ever comes out, ever, ever short sleeve T-shirt would have to be licensed from that copyright and that means that someone would have to pay so a designer every single time they would want to come out with a short sleeve t-shirt with something on it or something not on it they would have to pay a licensing fee in order to produce that work and if that was the case then T-shirts at the gas station would be about $50 because they would have to pay some type of licensing fee in order to produce that. And that's going to up the cost of what it's going to be for consumers. So things like that are what are protected by having to fully go to the U.S. copyright office, because at the end of the day, it's up to the U.S. copyrights office discretion if they want to approve your copyright. And we can see these in examples of, with trademarking, Virgil Abloh actually recently last year tried to trademark the red zip tie and quotation marks, something that Off-White, his streetwear brand, uses a lot often. And whether you like Off-White or not, of course, zip ties is definitely something that is rememberable from any one of his designs that has it and quotation marks. I mean, Virgil is probably one of the first people to use it in the way that he does use it. but that type of copyright or trademark is just like petty in the world of fashion because you're not losing any type of money by someone else using a red zip tie. And I mean, of course, he was one of the first people to do it. So it does question that artistic, you know, like I was innovative in bringing the red zip tie in this way. But at the same time, it's just like, is that really necessary, especially with your production being at such a large global scale? So... That protection of those exclusive rights includes the owner being able to reproduce, perform, display, or derivative works of that. Derivative works is where it's, that's mainly where copyright is coming from. Because with derivative works, let's say a designer comes out with a specific item in their line. And now they want to take that design and they want to... Manipulate it in some way to where it's still the same design but has something majorly different that differentiates the two works and one is derivative from the other. These are a lot of ways that fashion companies have to fight their copyright because there are different places like Fast Fashion, Fashion Nova, H&M that will take things that are clearly Chanel or clearly Fendi or clearly some designer and will do something, change something on it that makes it a derivative work and that is still copyrighted and technically can be fought in a court of law. It's more so about how willing are you to go that far into, you know, bringing up this court case, having to pay legal counsel, all of these things and the politics of fashion, especially within the fashion industry when it comes to protection. It's very tricky just because you want to be very smart about the way you go ahead with certain cases and even coming out with certain things in the media because the politics will either bring your 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 brand down or it can elevate your brand. So that's something that I'm actually going to be really speaking on in part two with trademarks with a specific case that already happened in fashion industry. In my first initial episode of the label law, where I discussed what fashion law is, one of the topics I touched on was the fact that fashion legislation in the United States is brand new and also is not taken that seriously. And it's funny because intellectual property itself can be dated all the way back to the 1700s, and intellectual property is essentially what fashion design copyright is, and It still is just not seen as that important because of so many different reasons. And one of them having to do with the fact that apparel isn't necessarily seen as something that can be copyrighted. So you can honestly date all of this back to when the Europeans started a lot of the fashion world. They knew that copyright protection was going to be a major thing that had to be in the beginning of just... The fact that the fashion industry was going to become a major business, it comes to trading with textiles, it has to do with the economy of interstate and intrastate commerce, and there's just so many aspects of the fashion industry that they knew that once it got to a certain level, one, they'd be able to monetize off of it, and two, it needed some type of control and protection. In the u.s specifically one part of copyright laws is the counterfeit business and how it has become such a lucrative businesses in the u.s along with trading outside of the u.s and importing into the u.s so that was one of the specific reason that reasons that in 1932 the fashion Origina, originators guild of america called to have a unified effort to prevent these type of things from happening. So they were fighting against counterfeits and fighting against these copyright issues that weren't necessarily in legislation at the time, back in the 30s. And in the beginning, it was such an important part and positive impact to the fashion industry, but later on it had to get disbanded and was ruled illegal for violating antitrust laws and monopolizing the competition within the fashion industry. If you know anything about monopolies, I personally feel as though that that's not fair, just because that's not one person coming out with the same design. It's just protecting their design so that other people don't go and make it from cheap fabric and can now price it at such a high point because it looks just like something that everybody else wants, but unfortunately cannot obtain. Which also has to do with the sustainability of the fashion industry. That will not be talked about in this episode, but will be further in another episode. And specifically in the history of copyright, there's a major case between two designers that are known very, very, very well, which are Yves Saint Laurent and Ralph Lauren. This case is monumental. It is a landmark case it is a case that when it comes to copyright law you look specifically here to learn a little bit about how the way that copyright protection really works in the fashion industry with a real world example keynote in the beginning i told you real world examples is where i was messing up situations like this cases like this is exactly how you get a better understanding of how The fashion industry works specifically with copyrights and just using cases to understand more of it on a real world basis. The Yves Saint Laurent versus Ralph Lauren case was dated back in 1994 and it had to do with Yves Saint Laurent basically accusing Ralph Lauren of infringing a specific tuxedo dress that was designed by YSL. Now, ultimately, Ralph Lauren lost and had to give over $300,000 to YSL. And while this wasn't Paris, France, this was monumental for the whole entire globe. This was a stamp. Like, you know, fashion design is getting very serious. And in order to really, really, really understand why it was decided this way, you have to look at it from an economic standpoint. Now, the idea that competing designs, whether it comes from a big fashion house or smaller fashion industries, has to do with the fact that it leaves room for businesses to strive better and for newer products to outsell old products against products that are also coming out from other designers. Now, when you argue with Different judges, whether it gets appealed all the way to the uh, to the circuit of appeals, or if it gets all the way to the Supreme Court, there are different arguments that you can take in order to show that through imitation of original products, it makes it better for consumers in the way that okay, now we have multiple choices. to look from but it also does not make it better for consumers because that quality of feeling like okay I'm gonna get this YSL suit that I'm sure is made of quality materials and is gonna last me for years I could probably give this to my son later as opposed to a Ralph Lauren suit while Ralph Lauren beautiful designer I do love him personally that quality is not gonna be the same like it's it's just not, and even if it is the same, then why infringe on that same design? You feel me. So that has a major aspect of why copyright legislation became a lot bigger in the 90s going into the 2000s specifically. And while that was in Paris, something in Chicago actually happened that same year with a company that also accused another company of stealing a sweater design and mass producing it to sell. And this case also proved as an additional example that American designers are going through the same thing as European designers. And this is a globalization type of deal and problem one major argument though from smaller businesses is that they're not trying to attract the same customers that high fashion designers are attracting and what i will say to that is it's a great defense (laughs) like i mean that is definitely a great defense to make it seem like you were not trying to market to those people and even if you weren't trying to market to those people it still does not make up for the fact that you stole their design. If you're trying to market to people who are trying to buy nicer things on a lower level, there are ways to go about it instead of blatantly stealing the designs of high fashion designers, stealing the designs of even up and coming designers. That's a big problem with companies such as Pretty Little Thing who steal from like, Other companies like Matt Brand, that was a big problem back in the beginning of the decade with Matt Brand and Pretty Little Thing. So it's a great defense, but in my opinion, it's it's not a real argument right there for you to be trying to justify why you're stealing the designs just because, oh, I'm trying to make it cheaper for someone. Which, I mean, at the end of the day, it is nice just because, you know, someone's trying to get something for cheaper and still look nice, but there are different options instead of just stealing. Intellectual property, like I said, is the culmination of so many different aspects that work together and work separately in order to achieve what the main goal is. And so now you see why I broke it into three parts, because that right there was already enough for two episodes, let alone this one long episode so, you know, I just always wanna end this with a thank you and remind you guys to leave me reviews, follow us on Instagram at thelabel.law, and tune in next week for trademark litigation, which we will be talking about next, including a very, very special case to me personally, because I remember following it when I was a kid and It also is special to me because in my fashion law book, it's one of the first cases that was ever discussed. And I really love talking about it because people don't even know about the fact that these two very well-known high fashion brands feuded publicly back in 2012. So thank you guys for listening and thank you for coming to the end. This is The Label Law.
1: Nosedive in the flood lines tar tower, cool craze Just the same way you showed me Cannonball off the porch side All the kids off the roof Just the same way you showed me You were shocked. If you could die and come back to life I'm forever I'm Kneel down to the dry land, kiss the earth, earth, earth. You gave you tools just to stay alive and make it out, on it's, but it's That's the same way you're sure, hey, 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 sure.